I just wanna help y'all as much as I can And y'all just keep showing me your goblin hands When I became king, I didn't think y'all would show me your ears But I'll accept my boring fate and shed this tear Cause I can't seem to cure you of your groundless fears What's up, Ethels and Bobs, and welcome to Homies Help Homies, episode 10 of Flipping the Pig, the premier Adventure Time podcast. I'm your favorite secret ninja nerd, Brad Garoon, and with me as always is Justin Evil Bean Houston and Whisper Kevin Ford. Today, we're covering episodes 37 through 40 of Adventure Time. I found the snail in Chamber of the Frozen Blade, and so as to not offend Kevin, I'm going to have Justin run that episode down. Yes! Uh, we start off our four-episode block with the Chamber of Frozen Blades. This is one of the weirder ones in Adventure Time lore, I feel like. It's basically, uh, the setup's pretty simple. Finn and Jake off of a tip from Flamebow, uh, who I think you meet for the first time in this. He's this little on-fire sort of uh, sprite. And uh, off a tip from him, they know that the Ice King is going to steal a princess at some point. They just don't know when, so they're practicing. They found this ninja book, and they're practicing ninja stuff, and Flamebow says that ninjas don't exist, but they say, of course they exist. They are ninjas. So Ice King, you don't really know what he's up to, but he flies away with Gunter, and um, they end up going into his pad because they think he's already done some evil deed. And they just kind of start messing around with his stuff and kind of being jerks about it. Finn is against it at first, but he slowly sort of comes around. Because it's the Ice King, he's a jerk anyway, so they might as well mess with his stuff. They end up finding that he has a secret lair of all sorts of uh, Ice Ninja stuff that's uh, really cool. And meanwhile, Ice King is at the... He's at a clinic, and he's hitting on Dr. Princess as she looks after uh, Gunter, who is faking being sick, you thought, but it's his stomach swells you find out yeah there's something really wrong with him so he comes back after they like messed up a bunch of stuff and had a really awesome battle of, of ice magic stuff which within the lore of the show makes no sense whatsoever but we'll just go with it and he gets back and he says that he didn't kidnap a princess and that he was talking to gunter's egg because gunter was pregnant and laid an egg and they feel embarrassed they feel like they are violators and they soon discover that that's Ice King was lying and that he has Dr. Princess in a duffel bag uh, next to him. She's not even a princess, apparently. That's a surname. So they have a brief battle. Du, du, du. Ninja! Ninja! What am I looking at here exactly? Ninja! Guter gives birth to a, a beautiful little kitten with a heart on its head, pink, I think. And Ice King thinks that's adorable. And then he gets punched from both sides, and we get a frozen still image, which partially serves as the sort of opening graphic of the video. And it's sort of like, uh, you know, like an old kung fu film, the way they might, um, I don't know, freeze frame. It's really strange. I The episode's funny, mainly because Jake is just messing stuff up. And the battle, the ice battle, is, is really clever and, they don't seem to ever run out of ice spells and cool stuff to do. But um, Kevin, what did you think of it? I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was the greatest episode or anything. Gunter is the greatest. It actually prompted me to go on Twitter and write that Gunter is only second to LSP, which prompted a Gunter Twitter account to reply to me and just said, wank, 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 because that's all Gunter says. Far and away, the best line from this episode is when 
Finn and Jake are engaging in ninja battle, and Jake replicates himself into three different Jakes, and Finn says, three Jakes, that's one too many. It's very good. So, so two, I guess, is just plenty enough. And then, yeah, I don't know why Gunter uh, has a burst of pink cat, but okay. Well, speaking of birthing the pink cat, this is actually not a segue to a different episode, but they, there was a lot of controversy when this episode came out, and then more and more and more people started seeing this episode, because the way that Ice King reacts to kitty being born is you know he says gunter why didn't you tell me and some people assume that that meant that this is the ice king's baby and that he knew that if he had his own baby it would look like a kitty and then there were talks of like okay so it's adventure time saying there's bestiality in the show now because ice king was once a man although i guess we don't know that yet oh i didn't get that at all i thought that he meant that the um, gunter likes to get it on with kitties or maybe he just meant oh i didn't know you were pregnant well the first time that I watched this episode. I also I didn't like it the first time I watched it, and I, I I liked it a little more this time. But I agree, it's not one of the best. Although that that line you mentioned is freaking hilarious. I, I never picked up that there was any bestiality going on. But when I watched it this time, I guess knowing that that was a problem that some people had with it, I kind of saw it. And the other point I wanted to bring up was something related to something that Justin said. You said that the ice battle doesn't match Adventure Time lore. I, I kind of felt the same way. This is magic that has no real source. Where does ninjutsu get its like power? Is that what you were meaning? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, uh, first off, I, my mouth was literally a gape as you spoke about this bestiality. I didn't get that at all. <laughs> and I felt like I took sometimes dig into and take this show too far. It's good to know that other people take it way further than that because that is truly messed up. Yeah, I really just a magic without a source is just in this case. I don't know. Maybe there was some. You can justify it a million different ways, which is the the good news. But it just they read a book and then they did some things with their fingers or just called it forth and they have magic. The only problem is why can't they do it later? Because I think because they finally do come to terms. Let's. I like this. Let's start doing this, Justin. You and I have done this in the past, and I think we should start doing this as a feature on the show. Anytime something comes up that we can't explain, let's explain it away. So I'm going to explain this plot hole away. Finn and Jake no longer do frid. What is it? Frijitsu? That sounds good. That's not it. We'll call it that. Yeah, I think it was Frijitsu. They no longer do Frijitsu, which is Ice Ninja stuff, because they finally decided that Ice King liking Ninja stuff indeed makes Ninja stuff lame. Okay, that that makes sense. One of the writer of the episode, uh, Adam Muto, specifically mentions why they don't do it anymore. I guess. Ah, uh, fine. I Just know. Use, I, use the official reason. Well, I looked up frigid. Well, it might not necessarily, because he. I mean, you know, as a writer, you're not going to know until it it becomes valuable. His reasoning that they're not going to do it, he said, not likely. They didn't have enough time to commit the in, uh, commit the incantations and hand positions to memory. Yeah, but what they can't get back. Ice King's their friend now. They can't get the book back. I mean, they could. I guess that's why they don't just use it casually. It's mm. just I like I like the explanation of they forgot. They're, okay. they're lazy and they forgot. Okay, I'm going to go with that. And to go further into that, would I, I, I was criticized recently by someone who listens to the podcast that with Justin that you and I don't know what the word spoiler means. So I'm not going to go further into my theory because it would involve a lot of spoilers. And that will just have to be that. Is it with the complaints that we said... That we spoiled anyway after saying that we wouldn't spoil it? Or what was the complaint? Well, it was that I think we've said multiple times that we don't want this to be a podcast that people who are watching the show for the first time can't listen to. And we want people to be able to watch the show along with us. And we've, we have we have definitely spoiled things. It's the true. Only, the only thing that we haven't 
the only, I guess, real criminal action we haven't done is spoil things completely, and we only don't spoil things completely because we have Kevin here that we don't want to ruin things for. Have so. we ruined anything for you, Kevin? Well, you did just say that the Ice King is now friends with Finn and Jake. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't even thought of that. Um, I feel pretty bad about that. Although that happens so gradually. It's not like something happens and they just automatically become friends. And, and they don't, you know, it's not like they're like, you know, everything's copacetic. He's still a nuisance. Right, he's not, right, he's not part of the team. <laughs> right. But anyway, we're doing it again, I think. Crap. No, we really, we're like really getting deep into why something, right. something. Just so we'll we'll say this just as a preface in the future. It, we don't necessarily do it because it's not for personal. It's just it's you can't help yourselves. Yeah, we get excited. Really, yeah, that's that's really we get really excited. I don't necessarily have a lot of people around to talk to about this stuff all the time at this level, taking it to this level of conversation. So it's it's kind of unique, and it's just and we're just impatient, basically. Yeah, like. It's Justin, we had a small, tw- I'm not going to say a single detail, but we had a small Twitter conversation about this week's double episode, and I would have loved to get much deeper into that with you, because no one else I know has watched this week's episode. Right. I mean, I was afraid to respond, because I'm like, oh, what if, if Kevin sees something, or if I don't, or if, you know, I, I get a follow from someone from the podcast, I don't want to go into great detail, because it might, it might tip something. See, so. I saw the conversation, I just went, yep, and I immediately scrolled past it, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's it's very spoilery. It's like th- this week's episode not only takes place, you know, three years, four seasons later from what you're watching, but there was stuff that takes that like has implications deep into the mythology of the show. And I can't even imagine what next week's episode is going to be. But something for us to discuss, like in October, which I scheduled it out. That's when we're going to be talking about season five. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Exciting is to talk about it. Yeah, but speaking of scheduling things. Well, hold on. Jake, uh, oh. I want to point out that there's a file on Ice King's computer called Gunter Stuff. I want to see what's in that file. I bet you could Google that and find out something, maybe. Later. Later. We'll, we'll report back next week if anything comes up, slash if we remember. Did but anyone, speak- did, did oh, anyone think that? I know I'm going to cut you off again, but uh, did anyone think that the birth of the kid, my first instinct was that it was immaculate, that it was like uh, there was no father? I am going to say that there is strong evidence to support that, but I can't say why because it's spoilery. Okay. So, all right, I'm finally going to get this segue out. Speaking of scheduling things, Jake has to schedule a play date with Lady Rainicorn's parents in her parents. Now, this was actually the first episode of Adventure Time that I ever saw. So it has a vi- I think I've said that before, but this is definitely the first episode that I've ever that I ever saw. It's, it has a very deep place in my heart. I like it a lot for that reason. In it, Jake and Finn are I can't even remember what they were doing. I guess I don't have that deep of a place for it in my heart. Jake remembers that he needs to invite Lady or he's gonna meet Lady Rainicorn's parents, but he wants to make a good impression, so he invites them over to dinner via Prismgram, which is another piece of technology that we never see again, so that he can impress them before Lady gets there and have everything be fun and dandy when she does. But then Jake tells Finn that Lady was worried about the meeting in the first place because Jake is a dog and there was a dog Rainicorn war at some point in Ooze history. And Finn gets Jake all scared that that's going to mean that Bob and Ethel, Lady's parents, won't get along with Jake. So they decide to disguise Jake as a Rainicorn using his shape-shifting ability and condiments found throughout the tree fort. Ketchup, mustard, red and yellow. Lady's parents, 
I say hello. I'm the fellow for your daughter. Please forget the wartime slaughter. Home improvement decorations help me impress her relations. Sugar bears and rainbow jelly. Spread those colors on my belly. On the floor and up the log. Please don't notice I'm a dog. It seems like it's going to be a terrible idea at first, but Bob and Ethel, who are kind of blind, buy it. And the rest of the episode is comprised of Jake, Bob, and Ethel torturing Finn, much to Finn and Jake's dismay, because rainicorns are cruel to humans. In the end, Jake finally feels bad enough for Finn to stop uh, hurting Finn, mostly because the final act of the party was going to be the three of them eating Finn because Finn is the last human on Earth, and thus he is such a huge delicacy. Got Ethel all hot and bothered. Jake admits that he's a dog. Bob and Ethel freak out, because it turns out that Bob was saved by a dog during the Rainicorn Wars. And Lady shows up, and everyone eats tofu. Tofu? Soy human or tofu human? Soy human. Soy human, uh, which disturbingly looks like human body parts. And the last scene is shot as Finn having a bite and really enjoying it. So that's also pretty gross. Okay, Ford, what'd you think of this one? I was oddly disappointed in this episode. I I don't know, like, it seems kind of disappointing for a show like this to take such a television trope as the, oh, the boyfriend or girlfriend's meeting the parents and things go wrong. And I guess they put a kind of a unique spin on it, but I don't know. I just didn't think it was anything great or something that needed to be done. It just, it was just kind of there. I don't know. It, it felt, it felt weird. Like it, it just, like it almost took a weird left turn away from what Adventure Time is, is used to and just kind of did this. It was, it was odd. I don't know. I didn't really like it that much, but, uh, the homies help homies always line is another one of those things that I always end up seeing on Tumblr or something like that. I mean, it is the title of this episode. I know. So I always, I always like to point out if there's a Adventure Time quote that gets makes the rounds on social media quite frequently, and that is definitely one of them. Justin? Yeah, I, I mean, I like this one okay, but it's sort of, I don't know, it has this weird sort of SpongeBob SquarePants vibe to it. Of mm, just, I can uh, see that. A very sort of simplistic problem that goes haywire. There's this song that always plays in that show, and again, I have a five-year-old, so I, I it's on a lot. There's a song that plays when they're just running sort of manically that I actually love. And every time I hear it, it kind of makes me chuckle. I could hear it in this episode at times when, when things kind of went haywire and got a little crazy. Um, it also sort of – they don't – they say butler when they're talking about Finn. They mean slave. So it's kind of dealing with slavery. Well, um, I don't know if I agree, and I'll tell you why. Okay. They don't know what Jake's payment plan is for Finn. So if he's paying Finn, then he is at the very worst an endangered servant. That's true. But I, in no place in society do would you say, I'm an endangered servant. Uh, what, I can't even say what you said. <laughs> you said um, it. Okay. All right. Good. Um, and then someone says, well, but also a part of my job is that at the end of meeting people, I get eaten. But they were surprised. Um, hey, okay. I want to say a few things about that. Maybe. First, this is ooh, where all kinds of wacky stuff happens. B slash two. They they were like so shocked that that Finn was going to be eaten, and and happily so. Three, I don't think that any episode with the game Kamalaba Dabawap is all that bad, or people who play that game could be all that bad. And four, they're not humans. It's not they weren't humans eating humans. They were essentially dragon horses eating humans <laughs> so it's a, it's you know it's it's the food chain 
I will say the one good thing about this episode is the guy who voiced the male dad, but I'm not going to spoil oh, that. For I'm not taking it away. I'm not taking it away from you, Brad. Thank I know you have it later. The one who voiced Ethel is pretty good, too. There's a lot of good There's a lot of good voices in this batch, so I'm excited. Speaking of this batch, the next episode of this batch is called The Pods. Kev, you want to take us through that one? I do. This is, I, I really enjoyed this episode, so it's a nice change of pace from the last one for me. So Finn and Jake are training for an ice cream marathon, which Jake in particular is very excited about. He's eating ice cream as they're running around the woods. And they discover a gnome knight who has transformed into a frog, and he's also on the verge of death. Finn and Jake just tell him to just let go. But he can't go until he finds a being whose spirit is pure so they can take over his knighthood. And the reason for that is because he looks over three magic beans, two of which are good and one which is horribly evil. He has no idea which is which, therefore he spends his life guarding them. Finn, of course, being a hero, accepts the quest of guarding these three beans, which Jake is not down with because he just wants to keep training for the ice cream marathon. And because Finn accepts the quest, the Gnome Knight is able to turn to dust, so there's no turning back now. They have to take up this quest. And Jake gets really antsy, and he wants to have fun and do this stuff, but as apparently he says a lot, work and fun don't mix unless you're a clown, which is a great line that I'm definitely going to steal. But it's a great line because Finn tells Jake that he says that, and just like, yeah, I do, <laughs> yeah, say, do that say that a lot. That a lot. <laughs> Okay. Can I just can I just interrupt real quick one more Please. time? Because because my favorite line of the episode is a part that you just passed in explaining when the gnome knight turns back into a gnome and then into dust. Three seconds later, Finn, I miss him already. Yes, <laughs> that, that killed me. That's a good line. So in order to try to sort of make everybody happy, they decide they're going to plant the three beans and see what happens because they figure that if they can kill the evil that grows out of the, the evil bean, then they can kill it, get rid of it, and they can still go to the ice cream marathon. There's a really awesome song that plays when they bury the beans, so I hope Brad's going to play it now. So they planted the beans and waited for evil to grow so they could kill it. And go to the ice cream marathon. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, so they so they plant the three the three beans, the pods. Uh, one pod produces baby pigs and outfits. Finn decides to give them an evil test, like a written test, to prove they're not evil. Uh, they do an okay job filling them out, but Jake finds them so adorable that he can't possibly imagine they they be evil. So they kind of uh, take a look at the test and then kind of toss them aside for the moment. They become important a little bit later. The second pod spits out magic wands that produce things like glitter and rainbows and all that kind of stuff. The third pod produces a giant pod, which is filled with ice cream, and it even creates ice cream out of nothing. And, of course, Jake loving ice cream eats a lot of it, but Finn is kind of concerned that's the evil one. They turn around and they find out that both the pigs and the wands are gone, and it turns out the pigs were evil, and they used the magic wands to destroy the nearby mushroom town. So as it turns out, on the test, there was a question of, do you have any allergies, which is spelled wrong. And they wrote that they were, they actually just drew an ice cream cone on there, admitting they're allergic to ice cream. Well, it just so happens, now they have this giant pod filled with ice cream that refills itself. So they're able to squirt all the pigs with ice cream, and they pop and explode. And uh, Jake actually ends up getting hit with a wand, and he can't stop dancing because of this. So Finn kind of has to go and destroy the rest of the pigs by himself. Jake continues to eat a bunch of ice cream. Jake gets really mad at Finn when Finn tells him to save room for the marathon because he he loves eating ice cream so much. And the episode just ends with Finn telling some of the uh, the Mushroom Town people he just really likes ice cream. I really enjoy this episode. So here's my one beef: if these pigs were really evil, and as we uh, we know from Spaceballs that evil always triumphs over good because good is dumb, we know this that evil triumphs over good because good is dumb. If evil's not dumb. Why the hell do the pigs admit their one weakness to Finn? Because they weren't expecting ice cream to suddenly appear. 
Weren't they? They were produced of the same beans as the ice cream. But they don't know what's in the other two beans. They're in their own separate little pod. How did they know to, to, to take the wands then to destroy the town? I don't know. Well, they, they just they started with playing the with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I don't buy it. I think that they were smarter than you think. All right. Well, you know Here's what? what happened. This was a curse that was placed upon the evil pigs. They couldn't be destroyed for some reason. So they were encased in a bean, and the wands were put in a bean, and they figured out later that ice cream killed them. So they put an ice cream thing in a bean, and then they would always guard them forever. But the wands were not supposed to be evil. The wands were meant to be good, and all they did was make people dance. So it was just that the pigs abused the good of the wands. I thought they right. were destroying houses exactly. and stuff too. Yeah, but that's just with their pigginess. The wands were supposed to be good. There's only one evil bean. I'd also like to reiterate uh, or repeat some of the questions that they got exposed to on this test. Oh, please. please that they just gave them right away. Uh, we only got like four whole questions. One of them is cut off. It just says, do you? The four questions are... The four uh, questions, you guys, that's so Jewish. I know you don't know why, but it's so Jewish. I have no idea, but uh, these are questions works. 11 through 14. The first one is, are you bad evil? And then it's, do you have any allergies? Do you hate good? And what is your middle name? Simon. Is that more of the Jewish thing? No, it's just, what? Simon? No, I thought it had to do with the first. That's actually my middle name. Is it really? What's yours? Jefferson. Is that Christian? I no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Well, not speaking of Simon. Damn it, that's a spoiler too. I have to think of a different segue. Do you have anything Well, I'm else? not done with this one anyway. Hang on. There's Fine. other stuff to discuss about the pods. Say more things about the pods, Justin. Well, I thought it was interesting that in this episode, Jake, voiced by John DiMaggio, couldn't stop dancing at one point. And when Futurama came back, Bender, who was voiced by John DiMaggio, uh, had to keep dancing. Otherwise, his ass would explode. That's true. These are facts. These are things that occurred. Well, speaking of asses, the Goblin Kingdom's asses are getting mighty abused by the King Zergiok, who doesn't look anything like the rest of the goblins, or looks slightly different, I guess, than the rest of the goblins. But he is... Just pulverizing goblin ass, not the way you might think, but just by spanking them, because he is an evil king. Finn and Jake show up to the goblin kingdom, and they get him to leave. That's the very first thing that happens. They're just That's their adventure for the day. Zergiok escapes, and Gummy, who is a, what would you say, he's the, like the number two, he's the hand of the king. Right. He, who, who has also been abused mightily, and... and Shows, as the rest of the goblins do, a lot of PTSD from Zergiok. Slaves. Subjects. Mm. You are really hung up on slavery, Justin. Slaves. You are wasting a lot of energy defending slavery. That's I, all that, I... was, that, that logical fallacy <laughs> skipped so many levels. It's ridiculous. <laughs> My people were once slaves. Were yours? Jeez. There. No, we we feel, did the slaving. Feel good. You're Egyptian now? Uh, no. No, but you are Southern. You yeah. are Southern. I'm white. We, we only know how to slave people. That's the only thing we're inherently good at. This is making me uncomfortable. But what makes me comfortable is talking about this episode, wherein Finn becomes the king of the goblins, but, and while at first he and Jake's love being Finn, uh, Finn, being king and queen of the goblins, being queen of the goblins is something that Jake volunteered for in another hilarious moment. We have a new king! Oh, yeah! Hey, Finn's going to need a queen. I'll do it. Although they make sure to have Whisper Dan, one of the goblin assets, turn the royal bed into bunk beds. While they love that at first, because they have things like royal bunk beds and 
a lion pillow and a swan blanket, Finn soon realizes that he's not allowed to do anything by himself. And when he tries to do things by himself, the goblins decide that Finn is a rule breaker, just like Zergiok, and immediately get into the position to be spanked. Finn hates this and wants to decide how he can get out of being king, but before he can figure it out, Zergiok returns with an army of ear monsters, and Finn disguises Whisper Dan as the, new, as the king, as himself, with a Finn mask, which is a cardboard box, and then goes in his Jake suit, which also becomes relevant later, and defeats the entire ear army double-handedly, because it's Jake and Finn, and they use Zergiok's own magic against him to save the day. Whisper Dan remains king of the goblins, and Finn and Jake are able to go home. I like this episode. It's a weird one, but I dig it a lot. I think there's a lot of funny stuff. I think the way that Jake volunteers to be queen is really, really funny. Yes. Someone, a king needs a queen. Pause. I'll do it. That's <laughs> really good. I also love um, when it's Finn goes to like brush his teeth or something, and they all get really nervous, and the the like the heads like the side kick guy like the main one Gummy. It, yeah he like bends over to get spanked and he just says set my buttocks ablaze <laughs> good times what do you think jmo jho J- justin <laughs> i liked it quite a bit um it did a lot of cool stuff specifically uh debuting the jake suit which we had never ever seen before which was amazing i did write that was my favorite part of the episode well Great you're in luck because it comes back yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal. So it was uh, that was really cool. And uh, something else. Oh, the dragons. Now, we had seen a dragon, these dragons briefly before, but this was the first time we saw them kind of it feel like it was kind of in, in a group, a, a ton of dragons. So this is what dragons look like. You know, I've always Period. found that very interesting. Yeah. Which, again, we'll get into something later on that sort of. I thought of in coming up with this about the dragon and thinking, oh, I guess that's what dragons uh, have little tiny arms and weird things on their side and bright pink buttocks. So, all right, that uh, that's just how dragons are. It's it's kind of strange. But the whole episode uh, is really funny. And uh, the Jake suit stuff is pretty badass. It's actually interesting how much how many elements of this episode remain themes in Adventure Time, themes and characters and things i like it i like it a lot this seems like a total throwaway like they go to the goblin kingdom or the whatever goblin town they do their thing and they leave but not that's not really as we find as we start to find nothing ever really just gets left alone and ew right this is uh you know again starting to get to the middle of season two where it's just it's building everything builds to something and um it's uh i mean again next week is is gonna be kind of the first i'd say like the first big event that we get out of that we get. So this is um, it, it makes sense that the Silent King, this is stuff that comes back. Most of it, if not all of it, comes back. Do they mention that uh, when they bring back the, the Jake disguise that he apparently was cursed to have his inside smell like vanilla? No, no that's but that's I did post that was related to something else, which I'll try to remember to bring up, you know, months from now. Jake says he was cursed and Justin has this thing he wants to say that I'm not sure what he's talking about. But wouldn't it stand to reason that Jake just ate a shit ton of vanilla ice cream and that's what's going on? I, it's yeah, That makes total sense because remember in the last episode when he mentions he tried to entice Finn to go get ice cream, the first thing he mentions is 26 miles of vanilla ice cream. Yeah, he loves And then he vanilla. goes to like chocolate and um, peach, but vanilla was the first thing he said. 
Yeah, that's, so, I don't know. That's what I thought before I remembered he before he said the curse. Oh God! Some bitch just emailed me to tell me she hated a movie I recommended. Why even do that? What movie? Before Midnight. Oh, you liked that movie a lot. You liked all I three liked, of them, didn't you? Those movies are beautiful. Yeah, I want to watch all three, mostly because um, you recommended them on a really old Cool Kids table. They're great. The second one's the best one. Didn't you say it was something like um, similar to like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist or something? Yeah, like? except it's good. <laughs> Zing. Those movies, that movie is bad. Only different. You want to talk about the snail search? Yeah, always. Let's do it. Uh, Chamber of Frozen Blades, pretty easy one. Near the end of the episode when Flambeau, Finn, and Jake are standing on top of the ice. Beginning of the episode. What did I say? End. God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's near the beginning of the episode. The snail is just hanging out. And her parents, when Jake has Lady Rainicorn's parents have a seat so Finn can bring them lunch. The snail's on the end table, the one that has the record player on top. Uh, in the pods, when they have the montage of Jake and Finn playing with the wands and the pigs, the snail's hanging on top of the log cabin that they're all building. And then the Silent Th- King, when Finn has to go yell at the bun thief instead of going to attack him. And when Jake yells down and everyone looks up at him, the snail's underneath one of the windows of the townspeople's homes. And that's the snail search. Yeah, I actually cool. saw, the, I, I found, uh, or I saw the snail in the Silent King. What actually happened was I nodded off and my girlfriend yelled, hey, it's the snail. And I woke up and I rewinded it. So that counts, right? Yeah, it does. Sort of. Even though it's an assist. You had an assist, so you're kind that's of true. a wuss. But um, I, because I like finding out who the guest voices are, when Flambeau first started talking, I rewound to hear it again. It turns out it's just Tom Kenny, yeah. but that was when I saw the snail in Chamber of the Frozen Blades. But speaking of guest voices, you want, you want to hear about some? Yes! Okay, well, Dr. Princess is voiced by Melinda Hill, who is a stand-up comedian, and I looked up some of her stand-up because of this, so that's a pretty cool thing that's going on with Adventure Time. And her parents... Bob and Ethel Rainicorn are played by Henry Rollins and Laura Silverman. Super cool to have Henry Rollins on the show, I think. Definitely. And Laura Silverman, for those who don't know, is Sarah Silverman's sister, and you can see her in a lot of things that Sarah Silverman does, like the Sarah Silverman program. The pods, I don't think there was any, there was no, there were no big guest voices. But in The Silent King, uh, Zergiak is played by Davy Johnson, who is a comedian, and uh, Gummy is played by one of my favorite actors. Michael J. Anderson, who fans of amazing television know as the little person in Twin Peaks and Carnival. That was him? Yep. Is that not cool? That's mind-blowing. I love it. That's why we have that segment. I just like got so excited that you got excited over a guest voice. That's awesome. It is kind of depressing to think about. I, you, you didn't mention this one. Whisper Dan was actually played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's terrible. That's terrible that you would say that. It's rough. I know. It's it's too soon to think about. But What the hell is wrong with you? He's just so good oh in everything God. he does. You are a gross yeah. person. So, there's um, Whisper Dan. She's such a dick. There is, in next week's batch, there, there are two interesting guest voices, one of whom I think is cooler than the other, but we'll get to that next week. But in the meantime... You're going to start ranking the guests now? Yeah, I just think the guests could be ranked. <laughs> Listen, I said this to Kevin off air last week, and I'm going to say it now. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite celebrity in the world eventually does a voice for Adventure Time, and I think he does an, a pretty abysmal job, and that depresses the hell out of me. Oh, boy, I can't wait for that. More teasing for future episodes. Any hooser. I also, I also hate the episode. But 
Let's talk about Twitter. Justin? Yeah! Oh, yeah. I can't be excited doing this now because, all right, uh, I got to depress myself Think about Philip Seymour Hoffman. My Twitter is Justin J. Houston. It is where I write my thoughts and my hopes and dreams. You can follow and read along. I also write a column for PW Ponderings. It is called Rubbed Raw. It is a reference to Dick Rash. It is also a WWE column where I write my thoughts and my hopes and dreams. And you should read it because it's it's okay. Kevin? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at K413. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Ponderings. You can follow them on Twitter at PW Ponderings. You can also find this episode available for download on Mondays at PWPonderings.com. But if you subscribe to Pro Wrestling Ponderings on either iTunes or Stitcher Radio at PWP Podcast, you get it a day early on Sundays. How cool is that? It's very cool, and you should definitely do that because, as we've found, Pro Wrestling Ponderings sometimes forgets to post our episodes in a timely fashion hold, on hold Monday. Hold on. Chris GST forgets. Let's not let's not uh, blame everybody else because you're, you're basically just blaming Justin and I for going up late, too. No, I'm blaming PW Ponderings. I think of you guys as pooping the pig team. Okay, I appreciate that. I like it. Yeah, it's Chris. I, I mean, I'm not trying to bash Chris too bad. He apologized and was very nice about correcting. I mean, I mean, look, there was one week where I forgot to send him the episode. That was my fault. You know what happens? Yeah, it shouldn't, but it does. I have never screwed any of this up. No, you you have so much responsibility on this show. Except for the time that my computer kept dying and we kept losing shows. But you know, other than that. You know, to be honest with you, um, there was a time where it was the week I forgot to send it. And Justin was like, I'll be the guy to remind Kevin every week. He reminded me exactly one time and never again. <laughs> That's not surprising. But you put it up that week, didn't you? It, well, I did it before you had done that. But yes, I did. That well, can't be. I want to point out that as the person who edits the hell out of these shows, so that ramblings and ums and ahs and my snorting and uh, swear words. I'm probably not going to edit out swear words anymore. With this show, we'd be better at editing ourselves because they do it all the time. Who's they? The show, editing out swear words. Oh, well, they, they're more creative than we are because they say things like, there was a really, actually, I can't remember what it was, but there was a pretty creative swear word save in this week, but I can't remember it. What I can remember, though, is that you can find me on Twitter at Garoongate, and you can find it, Ploofing the Pig on Twitter at DG Cool Kids Table. And you can also find me at Burger Weekly, which is awesome, as is Flooping the Pig. I floop the pig. I flooped the pig. <laughs> yes, the chamber of uh, the frozen blade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. Oh, man. All right, hang on.